Good morning, good morning. We are dancing in with Soul Makasa, Mano Dibango. This is Charlotte Farrell, your own Sister C, right here in the place to be, CJSF Radio 90.1, with your Friday Speak Up show. Have we got a treat in store for you. This is Charlotte Farrell, your own Sister C, here in the place to be, CJSF Radio 90.1 in Burnaby. And today... You're hearing a recording. You know, we're safe distancing and playing recordings of things that we do earlier in the week. And today's recording is of a wonderful conversation that happened yesterday about Human Rights Day. So you will be learning and be inspired to look what things close to home can you do that helps bring about progress for a larger world. And now we'll go to that program. Welcome to Powered by Age, December 10th, 2020, a day internationally recognized as Human Rights Day. I'm Charlotte Sister C. Farrell, PBA coordinator and host. Today, we'll be exploring the unique theme, Recover Better, Stand Up for Human Rights. What's your idea on what you, me, or others can do to stand up for human rights? Judith Rainey, one of our PBA Peer leaders will take us a little deeper into the background of Human Rights Day. And our special guest, David Handelman, a 411 board member and tireless senior advocate, will share some good news about the Mobility for Seniors program. Now, will everybody in the podcast meeting please give your 15 seconds of fame introduction? Yes, good afternoon, folks. Um, my name is Neil Ryan. I'm a uh, author of uh, a book, uh, From the Other Side, which is poetry and short stories. Uh, and I have a story for today about human rights. Uh, it'd be rather interesting. So I'm up next. Okay. Hi, I'm Judith Rainey, and I'm a member of 411 Seniors Society and also the South Granville Senior Center. And I'm really exploring. Um, creative venues and creative uh, capacities that have sort of gone by the wayside. Thank you. And I guess, Leslie, you're next. Uh, yes, I'm Leslie Hebert. I live in New Westminster and I'm an ESL teacher. I teach English as a second language online. And I'm also a writer currently working on a travel memoir of uh, an extended vacation that I took in Japan a few years ago. My name is Elizabeth. I am uh, one of the organizers and leaders of the Agape Wise Ones in Los Angeles. And uh, at the moment, we are really into... Did that hurt? <laughs> it felt like it. it like my camera fell, yes. I am... Right, we're... we're just exploring the, the rich reservoir of talent in our membership and showcasing them every month. I'm Joel from Podstream Studios downstairs from uh, the uh, 411 Senior Center on the 7th floor. We're on the 2nd floor. And uh, here to, well, I, I was here to, to help on the technical side. Uh, Charlotte was getting something going there. And I have to check out because I got to go make a pitch about the studio um, as part of a kind of media lab 
for an institute here uh, relating to digital ecosystems and cultural ecosystems and looking at our natural ecosystems to inform our understanding of all this digital networked connectivity and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I got to go pitch that right now and I hope it goes well. Okay, well, we'll look forward to seeing you back later or in a Adios. couple of weeks. <laughs> the 2020 theme uh, is Recover Better, Stand Up for Human Rights. And this year's Human Rights Day relates to the COVID-19 pandemic and focuses on the need to build back better, ensuring human rights are central to recovery efforts. So it's definitely making that connection to the ecosystem that we will reach our common goals only if we're able to create equal opportunities for all. So we're gonna be asking each of you a little bit about in what ways do you see being able to build equal opportunities from all we're also going to be looking at ways to apply human rights standards to tackle entrenched systemic and intergenerational inequalities and exclusion and other things such as ageism. So we have a lot to talk about today. And as I understand, one of the ways that Neil is going to relate to this is with a poem you wrote. Poem? No, I you said I have a story to tell. Oh, a story. Okay. Yesterday I got five phone call calls uh, from uh, guys trying to steal my money by telling me I owed, owed money to the federal, de the, the federal Department of, of Revenue or whatever the hell it was anyway. But two of those phone calls, I answered. I connected. I allowed the thing to go through and, and, and first off a machine told me that I was about to be arrested and I let it go through. And then um, the first time I, I let it go through, I said to the man, I need you to do me a favor. The next time you go visit your mother, I want you to tell her what you do for a living. Well, we never got to the end of my sentence because he hung up. <laughs> but, but the second time, the guy didn't hang up. He said, no, I won't do that. I said, you know, there's some karma involved in what you do, and you're there to steal people's money. And I said, that can't be good to think of yourself as a thief. And he said to me, I have to do that. I have no job. There's no jobs available. I do this to have money so that I can live. And then he asked me, how old are you? And I told him, and he said, I'm 22, and I have nothing. So we had a little bit of a conversation that went on for a few minutes. I think maybe somebody at his end started to listen in or whatever, and he hung up. So, so uh, But it's been bothering me is, is that he's right. He lives probably like Jamaican. So it's been bothering me ever since we had that conversation yesterday around one o'clock in the afternoon. I mean, trying to think of wh what can I possibly do? Because he and I had this conversation is what can I do to help? Because I'm not going to send you money. So the question is, what can I do to help? I understand he's he's in a box that he says his situation. But my conversation with him said, 
he also understands what he's doing is wrong. Today, after my meditation and so forth, I, I, and I ran through the scenario in my meditation this morning. And anyway, the bottom line is, is what can I do to forgive? What can I do to help him? I cannot do anything. I cannot suffer enough to save his soul. I cannot do anything directly to, but I can forgive him. I can forgive him for being a thief. I can forgive him in my mind so that the next time I get a phone call that says you owe the government money and you're going to be arrested, I'm not going to say you dirty son of a, I'm not even going to think that. I'm going to think I forgive you because he's probably doing the best he can given his life. And as he said to me, I'm 22 years old and I have nothing. And here I am sipping my morning uh, green Chinese matcha tea uh, latte and eating uh, fresh green uh, avocados and 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 thinking, well, you you dirty rotten, no good because you're trying to steal my money. But then I realized that if I forgive him, I have to forgive Jeff Bezos, the guy from Amazon. So he's got a bi a billion dollars in the bank, which he probably doesn't, but. He's worth that much money because he has that many shares in Amazon, which is worth that much money. I have to forgive Jeff Bezos for being a billionaire equally that I cannot judge him and saying, you're not doing the right thing. You're not being uh, a multimillionaire. Um, what do you call it? Where they give, give away money like um, Bill Gates does. So the bottom line is, I have to forgive us all because we're all doing the best we can, given the circumstances, given the conditions that we're in. And yes, if I could do something, if I could, if I could get Trudeau online to say, hey, how can we help those people? And the truth is, we can't. We just simply can't but I can forgive them in my heart. And I think that's the only thing I can do. Oh, I know these people are, are calling but, and it, it speaks to one of the problems in equalities within our society. You, you have uh, a company that's, the billionaires, the billionaires have, have gained 8% in during the COVID times. They, uh, we're talking on check about housing prices in Vancouver. Uh, housing sales are going through the roof. Instead of falling, there are people that have a lot of money. At the same time, while people are becoming homeless, the average price of a home in Vancouver area is $825,000, an average cost. So we have, uh, that's one of the questions of how are we called to help with these issues of, it, of, of, of human rights. What do we see that we can do? What can we do? Martin Kerr? 
gave us a good answer in everyone. The song that was a feature for the Human Rights Commission. Beyond these walls, there's a whole world that's spinning, and they say it's all about losing and winning, but I know that's a lie. This is only the beginning, and the future is in our Everyone, that was Everyone by Martin Kerr. Wonderful song about human rights. Can I interrupt? Sure. Okay. So in reading the Declaration of Human Rights last night, I came across three items that really struck me. And one of the, uh, the, com- the chair of the committee was Eleanor Roosevelt. And she had a committee of six women. One of the things they, that Eleanor Roosevelt said, and we can translate this to modern times, is, dear Lord, lest I continue in my complacent ways, help me to remember that somewhere someone died for me today. And so I say, dear people, lest I continue in my complacent privileged ways, And because I say privileged because I live in a safe, warm, dry environment with hot and cold running water, clean water, and I have food. So help me to remember that somewhere someone doesn't have that, isn't free, and isn't equal. 
Yes. And the other thing, second item that I wanted to um, share was that, and this is really for politicians, and that is courage is more exhilarating than fear. Mm-hmm. And what this COVID has done is it's been stoking fear. And what, yeah. And the third item was, what does freedom mean? And how are we to act as free people in 2021? That's my contribution. Good questions. Yeah, that's a really interesting question, Judith. The point was for me is that I was in contact with the poverty, the the uh, the reasons why young men, 22 year olds, turn to thievery uh, is probably because he can speak English, and because he can speak English well, he fits into that little groove that says, "I can go steal this man's money." And I decided to engage the the. The, the phone calls and say, hey, think about what you're doing. And his response was, I really don't have a choice. You know, Neil, you are a very wise soul. And I think through your interaction, which it's a very rare person that would actually interact with a scam caller like that. But perhaps through your interaction, you planted a seed in him, perhaps. I I interacted with a couple of scam callers and one, there's so many people sending out these notices saying that you have a grant or just click here to um, receive your $4,500. So I text back to one person, you don't even know me. So how could you ask me (laughs) to text back? And so then he texts back something else of, well, do you want to get to know me? And I said, no, because I know that you're operating a scam and I don't want to make acquaintance with, with scammers. But um, it, it, it does put to us this question that they've asked that uh, we'll reach our common global goals only if we're able to create equal opportunities for all and address the failures that have been exposed by COVID-19. COVID-19 has expressed this kind of failure in people being able to get work. Just look at the numbers of people who, uh, who restaurants, all the kinds of services that people would have been making a lot of money for at Christmas time that have um, nothing. So I think that it is laudable, Neil, that you do with them. And maybe as uh, Leslie said, at some point that will uh, play out in his reasoning and looking at maybe there is another alternative to this. We have David joining us. David Handelman is a member of the 411 board, and he was involved in something that is an example of a advocacy position and pushing to have something done that will make a lot more seniors able to talk. David, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Uh, can you see me? I can see you. It looks like you are by uh, between clouds and water. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. I just I'm I'm just out out out. I'm not at home, so I'm. But I'd I'd be glad to uh, answer. Let you know what's going on. So, how would you like me to start, Charlotte? Oh, start by telling what the effort was and what what the what has been announced. 
Well, um, you know, as, as some of our members may know, a couple of years ago, we began to obtain free laptop computers from an organization that's uh, affiliated with the federal government and TELUS that refurbishes laptop and desktop computers. And we were able to, uh, so far, get about 40 laptop computers, which we've that's given exciting. to them. That's great. And uh, they've been very, very happy to have them. We noticed, though, that some of the members had a lot of trouble accessing the internet. They were either using a neighbor's internet or somehow piggybacking on some other internet. In other words, they couldn't get it at home very easily because the monthly cost is probably starting at about 50 or $60 a month. So in any event, we approached TELUS in, in, uh, in the middle of this year, around July, to ask them if they would consider providing affordable internet at home for seniors. And there were some other organizations that uh, have also approached TELUS, but TELUS responded to us and we had a very uh, satisfying uh, Zoom meeting with a number of representatives of TELUS who asked us to submit a proposal for low cost internet at home. And at the time, I think they were probably also thinking about uh, low-cost mobility for good. But uh, the focus of that discussion was on Internet at home. In, in any event, um, uh, just as you all, all may know, um, a couple of days ago, TELUS announced a program called Mobility Good for Low-Income Seniors, and this is a, a program where TELUS will provide for $25 a month a free refurbished phone, three gigabytes of data, unlimited calling and texting within Canada, you know, the usual caller ID and so forth and voice message for $25 a month. And no contract is required. Now, the way that people who are eligible receive this at this point. They also, this program specifically is for seniors, low-income seniors. So if, if a senior qualifies for the GIC, the Guaranteed Income Supplement, there's a website that they can write to. And during the application process, I, I imagine that they will have to, you know, verify their economic status and once TELUS is satisfied, then they will um, send that person a telephone and a SIM card, and they'll also send them a, uh, a code. So in other words, once they get their phone and their SIM card in the mail, they turn it on, and, and at some point they have to enter an access code provided by TELUS. So, um, you know, just this program just began. Uh, but we anticipate that thousands of seniors across Canada are going to benefit from this program. And, you know, as Charlotte knows, uh, you know, cell phone access is extremely, internet and cell phone access is extremely important, especially in, in these days of the pandemic and uh, for seniors, many of whom are staying home most of the time. 
So, you know, we're very excited about this program. And my goal is that TELUS, once this program is underway, TELUS will provide internet for good to low-income for seniors. So they already do provide internet for good for low-income families and for people on disability. So uh, my hope is that uh, once the, the mobility program is underway, that TELUS will add to it the internet for good at home for people who have laptops or a computer. Meanwhile, um, you know, it's a great program. And, and I imagine um, that once people get their phones, if they need any help activating it, we can probably help them, you know, over on, on the line or over the phone. I, I don't think it's too complicated, but even so, you know, some people who receive the phone at home may not have access to the internet to activate the phone. So we could probably help with that. Uh, people in our office probably be glad to help that person get through the uh, initial process to start the, start the uh, phone service. And I'm, I, I don't exactly know how the person will pay the $25 a month. I imagine it'll be by credit card. If some seniors do not have credit cards, that could be another problem. But anyway, for starters, uh, you know, we think this is going to be a, a wonderful program. And we we're very pleased that TELUS has uh, agreed to this initiative. Uh, that's really excellent. Uh, David, do you have the uh, website address? Uh, I'd like to pass this information on to people in New Westminster uh, so where people can find out more about the program. Um, well, I have it. it it's, okay. it's mobility for good at tellus.com. Okay. M O B I L I T Y F O R G O O D at Tellus, T-E-L-U-S dot com. Oh, excellent. I, I guess that's an email address. And what the person is supposed to do is email proof of the fact that they're on um, GIC or uh, to that email. Uh, again, I don't know the exact process, but some form of proof that the low-income senior is receiving the GAS. It could be a tax form. I don't, I don't exactly know what form it will be. This has all just happened in the last couple of days. And, and as I mentioned, probably in our office, if, if you need help to somehow confirm that you are qualifying, I imagine people in our office would be able to help you. He's speaking of one center office where I'm here and back there. Well, although groups can't come in, people can call and make individual appointments with things like help with uh, getting on OAS or taking part in programs like this. Can I ask a question? Of course. Um, David, this, um, the South Granville Senior Center, are they familiar with this mobility for good at TELUS? Yes, it's my understanding you know, the TELUS sent a press release to all seniors groups. I mean, oh, good. It was, it was on a, uh, I saw it in a, in a couple of online um, newspapers. And yeah, so all seniors are, as far as I know, all low-income seniors are, and GIS are eligible for this. And seniors organizations will be receiving this news, and I'm sure there'll be some publicity. You know, TELUS already publicizes right. quite a bit. It's other mobility for good programs. 
So I'm sure that this one will be advertised as well. Great. I'm sure there are people in my seniors in my neighborhood that would be a pardon me. It would be good for them to be able to access this. Oh yes, and uh, like any technology, you know, probably takes a little while to figure out the cell. If you haven't used a cell phone before, uh, but you know, seniors are smart. Seniors will figure it out. Seniors are smart. They're smart about knowing that skin deep is a factor. It is something that, like Buddy Guy, we need to feature in our thoughts in dealing with others. I've been around a while. I know wrong from right. Learned a long time ago, things ain't always black and white. Just like you can't judge a book by the cover. We all got to be careful how we treat one another. Skin deep, skin deep underneath. We all look the same. Skin deep, skin deep underneath. That song, Skin Deep, featuring Buddy Guy, was a part of the Playing for Change, a movement by musicians to intentionally create work that will help bring about harmony and respect, regardless of skin, age, sexual orientation, worldwide. Also, that's another one of those small things because there are people within this group that have helped other seniors to get onto Zoom or to learn how to use some of the apps on their phone. Yeah, sure. And, um, you know, as I said, when the center was open, of course, we did have a computer instructor. So people would come in all the time with questions, you know, about working their, their, uh, their, their devices. But We'll figure it out. Yes, we have a lot of talented people at 411, a lot of people who taught themselves how to use these things or learned from others. And we're going to work together to, to make sure that every one of our members who qualifies, who wants one of these devices, uh, gets one. Well, thank you for your work and for, uh, again, this is an example of one of those things that Ellen and Roosevelt said, where do universal human rights begin? In small places, so close and so small, they might not be seen, but when people take action. So I know that one of the people that you interviewed, some people that are part of our podcast, I know that you you interviewed Neil when you were making a case uh, to tell us about loneliness and how uh, not having a phone contributed to people's sense of lo- loneliness or isolation. So just taking parts in small efforts like this, you can see how it leads to a big project like. Yes. And at the time of the application, TELUS asked us 
for comments from our members. And they wanted to know, well, what kind of a difference would this make in your life? And so I was able to get comments from five or six people. I only identified them by their first name. So, uh, you know, they, their, their privacy is maintained. And, but um, they were very happy to provide uh, comments for me about that I passed on to tell us. So it could be that that, that was, who knows how, what drives TELUS decision-making, but I'm, I'm sure that, uh, you know, the comments of our members were important to this process. Thank you so much. Okay, well, my pleasure. This is going out. I think each of the community, each of the senior programs were involved in some way so that they are using internet mail or whatever means they have to let people know about it. Rina, when is your next podcast, Charlotte? Next Thursday. It would be kind of interesting if any of the people listening to this podcast or participating knew of anyone who had applied through this program, it would be helpful to know, you know, what, what their experience was. Just, you know, the application process and getting the phone. And I guess maybe the phones wouldn't be in the people's hands within a week, but uh, it'd be helpful to know, you know, how did people find actually getting online and getting started with the process? So maybe in the future, uh, somebody could come onto the podcast who who is, uh, you know, recipient and say, you know, what happened to them. Don? There, there are, there's a great deal of interest in this in Quirky. Um, and uh, there's at least a couple of people that are interested in applying. And I'm uh, hope, I hope to be talking with them uh, in the next couple of days. So um, uh, I'll let you know what we find out and what the process is like um, as soon as I, I know something. Great. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there are a few glitches, you know, anytime anything like this gets started. But um, TELUS seems to have thought it out, but we'll just see what happens. When it starts operating, uh, who knows, you know, but I, I'm pretty confident that it'll work very well. Well, stand up for human rights is it's a simple example because that's one of the things that under the UN Human Rights Generic Call to Action, stand up for human rights, they aim to expose to the general public, their partners and everyone, ways to bolster transformative action. So the, just that action of helping someone to have the power of a phone. And then the other thing with helping people, 40 people uh, to get a computer to use, that is very transformative in a person's life, especially when we are separated. The only time we can rub shoulders is here in our Zoom rooms. Oh, and uh, thank you for, I wanted to mention also that we are going to be uh, trying to get some more laptops one of the problems with the organization that provides the free laptops is because of the pandemic, there was a huge demand from school kids, you know, kids who are at home. Yeah. So they've sort of run out of free laptops. They do have some very low cost, or they may even have some free desktop computers with, uh, with monitors at a very, very affordable price uh, in case anyone out there, uh, you know, may want to buy a low-cost desktop and monitor. And they're, they're decent machines. You know, they're sort of government or business machines that may be five or six old, year, but they still work very well. 
So um, if if anyone's interested in that, um, I can probably I can pass on the information of the website. There's an organization in Burnaby, quite near the Burnaby uh, out, out government road and and Lougheed Highway that uh, fulfills these orders, and they're great. You want to give that number or count? Uh... Well, the the organization is called Reuse. BC Technology for Learning. That's the name of the organization. And BC Technology a, for, for Learning. learning. Okay. And they have a website, and on the website, there's information about, you know, what they offer and how to buy some very low cost. You, you won't have to pay more than $100 or so for a very good computer and monitor. Uh, there's also an organization called Free Geek, which is down uh, Vancouver East Side, down off of Franklin Street, that does a lot of computer recycling and refurbishing. And they have a lot of low-cost computers as well. Yeah, they're, they're good, too. The thing about this uh, BC technology, they, they have like hundreds. I mean, I was Ooh. at their warehouse, and they've got pallet upon pallets oh. of old computers. So, And they've got like a team of seven or eight people whose job it is to refurbish these computers. So yes, I, I know Free Geek and they're very good too. I'm not sure how much availability you have, but the BC Technology for Learning is a pretty big organization. So, um, Isn't that where I was referred to for uh, refurbishing or recycling my uh, Samsung Galaxy? I think that was it. Um, they, they may take stuff. They may take older uh, objects as well. I, I'm not quite sure about that. Most of their stuff comes from corporations. Right. You know, every five years, they buy new stuff, whether they need it or not. It's all sort of part of the tax taxation and everything. Right. I never want to own another CPU. A laptop, CPU, not for me. Okay. So, thank you for other people. Okay. And, and the desktop. Some people who don't like a laptop, a desktop is good. But we have writers, like with Quirky, uh, you've got people that, that write, so the, it's a wonderful tool to have in their hands, uh, a computer, because it makes it possible for them to email it. Uh, Neil gets involved in different writing contests, so that enables even more people to take part in some of these things that um, help make the world better and just help people. It easier, I admit. Okay, well, uh, well, um, thank you very much for giving me the opportunity. And uh, as I said, um, it would be interesting to find out what people's experience is like once this program starts to roll out. Okay, well, we will give in the notices that we send out, we'll tell people or welcome people um, to join us and let us know. And then each of you, if you know someone that gets involved with it, you could share what their experience is so that if they're glitches, they can be worked out. And if it's good, we can just keep the good news going. Okay, okay. we wanted to okay. continue on with asking okay. people, what is your, you know, this, this idea question without concerted, is there something that you can identify that you can do or something that you can identify that others could do that anyway. Really Charlotte. Yes. I, I, I have a reaction to, to uh, what Neil was relating to us. It is a dilemma, you know, that he... That he well, can you talk a little louder? I, I 
really feel it's a dilemma what he was referring to. What can, what can the young man do? What can we do? Right? The story that he was telling us. I don't know. Because, but the fact that, that you knew were able to, to arrive to a personal reconciliation of, of forgiving, of forgiveness, that you could forgive him, the young thief, and then you turn around and say, then on that same thing, I've also got to forgive Jeff Basil. I, I, I just thought that was very profound to me because you would not have thought all those two opposite ends should or would deserve the same type of reaction. But yet, there, there was. So I just wanted to say that. It is very thought-provoking for me. And thank you for, for doing that. And I think behind that, Charlotte, is the question you're asking in terms of what can we do individually? And, you know, on an energetic level, Forgiving is a heck of a lot better than accusing and being angry <laughs> and blaming because we really don't know what or who to blame at this point. So, yeah. Thank you, Neil, and thank you, Charlotte, for bringing up those questions. Another example that came about, and it's connected with another action, uh, BC Human Rights Commission um, had an announcement of their own this week about new anti-racism legislation they're putting into being our, our measures. And it was reported on news a couple of weekends ago that there were some indigenous people that were the, the subject of a game that was being played by some hospitals. I mean, not just one hospital, but they were playing this game that when people came in, before they started giving them any treatment or anything, they asked, how many drinks have you had? And they were running a, a lottery, a pool, around who would guess correctly. And so it has been reported, and they're doing an examination across the healthcare system for places of... Uh, systemic ra racism, things that you just wouldn't think that people would do. Healthcare people, asking people, playing a game with people in emergency rooms. So, but, but that person who was brave enough to be uh, the whistleblower, that person put themselves at risk of, you know, being ostracized by other people. You know, we see even in other places where people are taking stands about uh, the election or taking stands about wearing masks. You know, some people are being threatened at gunpoint so that it does uh, this one thing of we're doing abusing the power of our voice to speak up about things that are not right is a very small thing that has the, it has big consequences. It can lead to someone taking notice, like the way that the, the government agencies are doing, taking notice and investigating this this ridiculous game that people were playing with people's lives in, in emergency rooms. Uh, I'd like to uh, bring Don up to date with uh, the conversation earlier. Don, I had a call from those guys that tell me the government, uh, I owe the government all kinds of money. And, and uh, I actually went through the 
the opening hoops to talk to the guy. And I said to him, I'd like you to go and tell your mother what you do for a living. And uh, we had a bit of a conversation, the sum of which was that he's 22 years old, doesn't have a job, doesn't have anything. That was his his comment. And I said, I'd like to be able to help you out, but I am not going to send you money. And, uh, and, and he said, then how can you help? And I said, I pondered the question and I, I pondered the question for the last 24 hours because this phone call was yesterday at two o'clock. And I pondered the question and I came up with the answer that the only thing I can do is forgive him for his coping with the world the best he can. And then the, the, when I got to understand that forgiving him for being a thief is really easy for me to do, uh, but I think it's rather profound that, I, that, 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 that that's my answer. And then I realized that I've got to forgive Jeff Bezos for being Amazon. You know, it's not just I got to for, forgive below me, I've got to forgive financially below me. I've got to forgive above me as well. And everybody's, my, the, my conclusion to my interaction was everybody's doing the best they can. And as I sip my uh, uh, macho green tree, green tea latte, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and I, I think there's nothing else but to just love everybody the way they are, thieves and all. I forgive you for drinking your green tea latte. Say again, Elizabeth. I was just being facetious. I was, yeah. She, she jokingly said she forgives you for drinking your green tea latte. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I think basically every change starts with ourselves. So it's a matter sometimes of just awareness, self-awareness, consciousness raising, which um, just uh, Charlotte pulled Neil up for an expression that he used because he did it quite, uh, quite unconsciously, you know. Um, we have to be more conscious of our inbuilt biases, I think. Right. And one of the powers that seniors have is voice, that example of what happened with David. It wasn't David by himself, but the different senior organizations, people on those boards, they told their members, they did get stories, they met together with TELUS and challenged TELUS as a major provider of internet and phone service to do something to make it possible. So that's the small thing. At one end, there was, uh, Neil, there were about three out of those five people that, that he called that he documented their stories on how much it means to have access. And then other things, uh, the realization that a lot of people in retail are out of jobs because the system that that Amazon has has put small a lot of retailers out of business. Right now, uh, on on TV in the states and here, you hear small businesses or people saying, "Support the small businesses, buy local, buy local," because this huge 
entity that Amazon has become, they have fulfillment centers. So where people might have had a chance to have a job in a store, now they're at a fulfillment center. Some people even living in trailers. A lot of seniors, there's some small towns where this company has built, uh, they have the fulfillment center and they rent people space to have a, a an RV that they live in so that they can fulfill the orders. So being able to speak out in cities where when companies are going to get uh, license to locate there, they always have public meetings. I know uh, of places where it has happened. At some point, people might have been hesitant to speak out, but now seeing how this entity has been able to replace so many retail places where people could get a job and um, make money instead of begging people for money or stealing or trying to cheat people for money. So speaking out, I, I, don't you find that done that, uh, that a voice, have there been places that you've seen being able to use your voice about things that were detrimental to people? Well, yeah, sure. Um, I'm, um, I think uh, it's the, the, health crisis that we're going through has created a situation where um, these big corporations that have um, the infrastructure set up to do retail sales without being in person and has created such obscene profits, um, there, there needs to be some sharing of that somehow. There needs to be some... Um, uh, payback to the rest of society for the huge quantities of money that they've made off of the suffering of everyone. I don't know what the answer is to that, but um, I, I, I've been involved in a, a situation with some parallels to what Neil is talking about the last few months. I, um, I have several friends in you know, Palestine and Gaza uh, who I follow regularly, and um, this one man in particular has is a journalist who um, posts a lot of information every week, and uh, he recently started a, a fundraiser for children to be able to have um, food and and uh, clothes and stuff like that. And I contributed some money to it, and then suddenly I started getting all kinds of. Um, requests for money and you know i'm just a i'm on a fixed yeah. system i don't have i don't i can't like support families you know but i i made an agreement with him that i would send a small amount of money every month instead of trying to do a chunk of money all at once um uh so that uh that he can he can use it in his work and for um helping provide uh, food and and clothes for children um, but but you know I, I every day I get new requests. Yeah. And so it's it's very hard. You know you have to say sorry. I yeah. I would really like to help, but I can't. You know. Yeah, we all have our limits. I mean, you know, we're all just like ordinary people with limited income, and this is why it's so hard to see these mega corporations making billions and billions and not doing anything to help anybody. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, um, I think the lowest common denominator is to at least bear witness. Mm -hmm. You know, we can bear witness to what, it, what is going on. And then if, there, if we can see a way 
beyond that to pursue that. Like I think some people have, or some organizations have been shaming uh, other transgressions. And I regard Bezos's million, billions as transgressions because there's no community consciousness. Yeah. And I, yeah, I won't say anymore. Well, you see, you see, you know, the breakdown of money. I mean, just in the profits that they've made this year since March, you know, almost, almost, well, hunger could be ended in the in the world, you know, with that, with just that amount of money, you know, not not counting anything else, you know, so it's, it's just kind of, it's hard to fathom how, how there's not more accountability somehow. Well, you know, who, who has read Oliver Twist? Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the role that many people have played has been, you know, the pen writing stories, because that story did give rise to um, a different sense of, of accountability. All of the people that have taken and written stories about greed, about uh, avarice, hate, those stories have in some ways encouraged other people to take a stand. So we have writers within this group. So within our writing and our stories, we might be that that voice that probes, that makes people think about what they do, or if nothing else, to get organized. So that when they hear that there's going to be a meeting around a person getting a license or a meeting around uh, a program that rather than just sitting back, they will maybe from the character in the story, or if it's an essay, that might give them the motivation to go forward and support something that makes a change. And that, that's kind of what um, they have identified in. Uh, I thought I took these phones off. Uh, it's kind of what they have identified. It's a robocall, <laughs> one of those people. Um, but those are things that we, you know, we could do that there's a pattern in the, you know, that applies to us as people who are journalists, writers, speakers, actors. Um, Elizabeth might write a play. <laughs> you guys, in, in, in seeing Elizabeth and talking, though she might write you into a story. <laughs> Not in a malicious way. She's just very creative and has written a, a fashion show. She wrote a, a play that was carried out through a, a fashion show. So we have the power. The pen is is more powerful than the sword. So in these times, we can write things that, some things that inform people, other things that motivate people, other things that really call and condemn and pressure the people that have offices, holding them accountable to what are you doing about this? This is in your, your lap. We've asked that at different times during the podcast. You know, we ask uh, people that were responsible for seniors' rights, older people who've gone back to the workplace, what can they do? Uh, we've asked people about uh, Vancouver has got in its its intention uh, making the city walkable. We, we pursued and we're looking for whose lap is that sitting in? Who do we need to write to or what do we need to do? So I think that, you know, each of you have examples and there are things that we can carry forth to help other people understand that human rights is more than just a day or a proclamation. It happens in these things that we do like speaking, you know, speaking truth to, to, to power or speaking truth to crooks. Speechless. <laughs> <laughs>
Next week, we're going to be talking about wishes. And so there's a connection to this because sometimes, you know, we, we're not having the traditional type of holidays where, you know, we make a wish. We're not having cake where you blow out your candles and make a wish. But there are things rather than saying, you know, I, I wish we didn't have to stay locked in during Christmas. What is another wish that you can bring? We're thinking of for next week, uh, when we have an activity around wishes, if you bring one wish, that's a wish for yourself. What do you wish for yourself in this new year? And then a wish that you're giving, like if you were giving someone, it's like, oh, I wish for Don a whole new set of books. or <laughs> But something that is just going to be well, fun and serious to bring a wish for yourself and bring a wish. And it can be a wish to confer on the wall, to confer uh, on, on the world, confer for a person. But we're going to be next week playing with that theme of, of wishes. And then on uh, the 24th, both Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve fall on Thursdays. So on the 24th, we'll have a sing-along. We might have a band along. And we will be uh, talking about some of the things that we, looking for the the positive differences, because it's a lot where uh, people are very angry and saying, we can't do this, we can't do that. But what can we do? Because I think we've learned other ways to touch each other. So we will be talking about those things as we party and celebrate on the 24th. And then on the 31st, we're going to move it. So if you have a move or you have a song, we're going to move it, move it to music. <laughs> and we're going to do some other fun things to celebrate um, New Year's Eve and just the gratitude of being alive because we could complain, but we are grateful. So we will express those things. And I'm going to do a small activity called a tribute poem. As you know, a lot of people died without being able to speak to their relatives or loved ones. And one of the things that's very healing is doing a tribute poem. So I'm going to share three tribute poems and invite you. We'll have a, a period of time where you can write a tribute poem when we get together on the 31st. So. Lots of exciting things coming up. Does anyone else have any parting comments as we close out? Sorry, I was late. Um, I'm I want to keep coming to this, and uh, um, I'm I'm trying to rearrange my schedule so I can. I really enjoy uh, these conversations and and learning from all of you. So thank you very much. Thank you, Dad. <laughs> This is Charlotte Farrell, your own sister C, here in the place to be, CJSF Radio 90.1 in Burnaby. Today we have been talking about human rights. I'll see you again next week at 10. And again, it will be time for Love Time, Poem Time. Love Time, Poem Time. Love Time, Poem Time. Love From heaven to shine, love time, poem time, time for words to pattern and rhyme, love time, poem time, time for words to wash the wounds, bind the lashes and play bassoon, love time, poem time, time for poems, poets and singers. To untie all life's ringers, poem time, love time, time for you 
to reveal to me unravel all